0: I want you to open your Bible in 2 Samuel chapter 5. Had something, uh, I felt I'll put on my heart for you. 2 Samuel chapter 5. How I many God wants us to break through and break out? And I have a sense that uh, that's a real word for the coming year. So I'm going to bring something on that. You know, often this time of year we're getting tired. How many about ready for, ready for a holiday? Who's going away for a holiday? Anyone going away and leaving the bay? No, no, the Bay's such a good place. We're staying here. <laughs> I suddenly woke up one day and realised, heck, everyone comes here for holidays and was to stay here and enjoy the holiday. So we'll go away in the middle of winter when it's cold and go to, <laughs> That's a good time to go away. Anyway, I want to share with you something just about, the, about breaking out. I want everyone to understand this coming, I want you to break out. I want to share with you something from the life of David, who was a man who modeled breaking out, breaking out, breaking out of limitations. How many of you can say that you've experienced some limitations as things in your life have limited you this year? They got some limitations. Maybe it's just some uh, financial limitation. Maybe it's a, a mindset. Maybe there's some relationship things. There's been things that have limited you this year. Well, I want you to see something in the life of David, how David broke out of limitations. want we'll look at a few things that we could draw from here. So let's just pick it up in verse 17 of 2 Samuel chapter 5. And uh, we'll just try and draw just a few things out of here that uh, just will apply to our lives. Uh, now, David, now when the Philistines heard, That they had anointed David king over Israel All the Philistines came up to seek David And they didn't want to shake his hand And want to kill him And uh, David heard of it and he went to the stronghold And the Philistines also came down And they spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim Meaning the valley of the giants And David inquired of the Lord saying Shall I go up to the Philistines? First question Will you deliver them into my hand? Second question And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal Perazim, and David smote them there. In other words, he had a massive victory and said, the Lord has broken forth upon my enemies before me like the breaking forth of waters. And that's why he called the name of that place Baal Perazim, meaning the Lord of Breakthroughs. And, uh, or, and then the Philistines came up again. So there's a second fight. And they spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Don't go up the way you did before, but go round behind them. Come over behind them by the mulberry trees. And it'll be when you hear the sound of a going in the top of the mulberry trees, you will stir yourself. Then the Lord will go out before you and will smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him. And he smote and defeated the Philistines from Geba right through to Gaza. Isn't this an awesome, I love this story, it's a fantastic story, I'll break this around. I want to draw a few things out of this, first you've got to understand a little bit about the background, that the nation of Israel had suffered a massive defeat, what had happened was they were led by Saul, Saul because he disobeyed God, would not walk in the principles of God, uh, eventually his whole life was on the throne and they went out to battle against the Philistines and the Philistines came against them and there was a massive battle and Saul and his son Jonathan and the best part of the army were killed in battle it was a terrible terrible day of defeat a day of shame a day of disgrace when Israel who should have been uh, victorious who should have represented God who should have been advancing the kingdom of God who should have been reflecting what God was like instead they suffered a humiliating defeat And uh, the nation was deeply impacted by that and there was a great shame and disgrace had come over the nation. The nation was in a place of defeat, spiritual defeat, natural defeat, financial defeat and physical defeat before their enemies. And so the whole of the nation was in a period of turmoil and uncertainty. And uh, there was oppression from the Philistines everywhere. And the Philistines appeared to be the prevailing influence. You can easily see in a nation like ours where people have rejected God, rejected the word of God, rejected God's principles, rejected principles for family life, rejected principles for marriage. Uh, rejected God's moral principles, you can understand there that many of the problems that we see around us, that, that, that we're facing, it's almost like an enemy has come in and overwhelmed the nation. And yet in the middle of it, God has always got an answer. God is always preparing someone. And so in spite of the fact that there was this massive defeat and shame over the nation, God had someone in preparation. No matter what it's like in our nation it ain't no matter it's what it's like in the schools, no matter what it's like in the community, God has still got people in preparation. And I want to see that their time comes. There's always a time when you come forth. You know, and you may not realize this being in the time of preparation, but uh, preparation, no one sees you. You're sort of hidden, but God's doing a lot of work in your life. And then there's a time when God begins to bring you forth. And this is the time of David coming forth. And what you find upon David is he has a breakthrough spirit. The spirit of might was on him. There was an anointing upon him. So I want to pick up a few principles or just a few things from this story. Number one, the first thing you need to say, well, I want to read one verse about him, 2 Samuel 3 and verse 8. I want you to read something about David. And it says in 2 Samuel 3 verse 18, uh, uh, someone's talking about him. He says, now the Lord has spoken of David saying this, by the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel out of the hand of the Philistines and out of the hand of all of their enemies. Number one thing is you have to see David was destined by God for breakthrough. David was destined by God. God had spoken over him that this young man that people despise, this young man that no one can see any value in, this young man that's being treated like a criminal, this young man that's got a wanted bulletin out on him, by the hand of David, I'm going to deliver the whole nation and bring them into a place of breakthrough and enlargement. In other words, it was not his natural circumstances that were important. It was not the fact he was on the run. It was not the fact he was being hunted down. The biggest thing about this man was there was a destiny on his life. There was a call of God. And every one of you have a call of God. When you came into this world, you weren't an accident. You weren't a mistake. You weren't unwanted. Maybe there were problems in the family, problems in growing up or whatever. But listen, God has something you're destined to do. You're not just an ordinary person. You're a young man, young woman. You're a person with a destiny. That means God has written down something he wants you to accomplish with your life. There's something something he's called you to do with your life. You're a man, a woman of destiny, a man called by God. And we are destined for breakthrough. When you got born again and gave your life to Jesus Christ, he put his spirit in you, an overcoming spirit. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Now, if you get a dead man to come to life, that is a breakthrough. There's nowhere you hear of dead people coming to life but when God raises someone up by the Spirit. That's a breakthrough. And friend, this is what the Bible says the same Spirit that lifted Christ from the dead is in you. And it quickens you, it energizes you, it gives you thoughts, he gives you ideas, he lifts you up and puts energy. You don't have to be passive, you don't have to be down, you don't have to be moochy, you don't have to be, you choose to be. But there's a spirit God has put in you and he's destined you to break out, to be different. Don't go with the crowd. You're not destined for the crowd. You don't belong in the crowd. You're destined to make a difference for God. Every one of us. So the first thing is, you see about David. David had a destiny. And he's about to have his appointment with destiny. All the years when he's been misunderstood, misaligned, mistreated, hunted down. Now his appointment with his destiny is about to take place. Oh, I love that. I love that. And you never know when that day comes. You see, uh, everyone looked around, and with a natural eyes, it's a disaster. With a natural eyes, it's a place of defeat. With a natural eyes, the whole country's in a mess. But God looks and said, I have a man I've raised up, and I'm going to change. And no matter how bad, no matter how difficult, no matter how impossible it looks, I'm going to bring a change in all of this. You see, sometimes we're in the midst of a a nation going through troubles or our lives going through troubles. It's hard to see beyond that and see God destined us for breakthrough too. You're a breakthrough person when you come to Jesus Christ. You've already broken out of the devil's kingdom. You're in the kingdom of God. You're in a place where God wants to use you. So you're in the place of preparation for breakthroughs. That's why I'm encouraging you to think of breaking through, breaking out in this coming year. You are destined for. The second thing is you are anointed for breakthrough. Notice... It says here, when the Philistines heard, they had anointed David as king. Well, of course, David was already a king in God's eyes. It was just the people recognized him. And when the devil heard, when the enemy heard that he'd been anointed king, they were after him. Why? Because he was a threat to them. Any person who is anointed with the Holy Ghost is a threat to the devil. Any person who's living a life that's pure and clean and honest before God is a threat to the devil. Any person who's got faith in their heart and the anointing of the Holy Ghost on them is a threat to the devil. He does not want you to understand who you are. He does not want you to understand your destiny. He wants you to live a mediocre life. When they heard he was anointed, they came looking for him to knock him out. Because he was the one who had the potential to rally the nation and totally reverse the situation. Listen, you are called to leadership. You're called in your generation not to follow the crowd, not to live the life of the crowd. You're anointed to bring a breakthrough for someone. There's someone needs what you've got. There's someone needs a miracle of healing, a miracle of deliverance, a miracle of salvation. Someone needs what you have. So not only does God destine you for this and calls you to this thing, He actually anoints you. You get the Holy Ghost to empower you. That's why you need to learn how to live in the life of the spirit how to learn to draw on the life of the holy ghost how to prevail over problems in your life you're called to be anointed make a difference say so when they heard he was anointed devil to do anything to stop you having the liberty of the holy ghost see the spirit of god is what gives freedom religion doesn't give any freedom it's the holy ghost gives freedom Holy Ghost brings freedom. If you want freedom, you'll learn how to yield to the Holy Ghost. So we see, he's anointed. They heard he'd anointed, they came to seek after him. Here's the third thing. The devil seeks to destroy those who are anointed. They came down, notice, to the valley of Rephaim. The, the name Rephaim means giant. So when the devil hears people are anointed, he wants to try and quench you. Who do you think you are? Notice where the devil went, where the Philistines went out to meet with David. They went out into the valley of giants of course, this is the very place where David beat one of the giants, their, their major leader. This was the place they had suffered a defeat, and they're about to get the licking of their lives. Isn't it amazing how God sets it all up, sets up situations where you are able to actually see breakthroughs. Some of you got things in front of you. You have difficulties and struggles, whatever. You may see it as a struggle. God sees it as an opportunity. And what the devil does is he comes to try and intimidate you. He tries to make you feel like you're nothing. So the, a, giant, a giant is anything that seems to loom up big in your life. Sometimes a financial issue can loom very, very big, can be overwhelming, intimidating, like a giant. Sometimes it may be a problem in your life, just in, 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 in a conflict in relationship. Sometimes it might be something in your home, you might be struggling, and it feels like it's overwhelming you. It seems so big. And that's what the devil does. He seeks to intimidate us. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it tells us, the devil prowls like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In other words, he comes like a roaring lion. He's not a real roaring lion. He's like one. He tries to intimidate you so you are afraid to be different, afraid to stand up, afraid to do anything different, and you just feel intimidated. Listen, when you're intimidated, when you let fear get into your life and heart, it quenches the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You cannot have fear you in faith alongside one another. they are the opposites. So the devil will do all he can to fill your mind with you're nothing. You're a nobody. You can't do this. The problem's too big. you got that eating problem. God can't use you. you got that problem with thoughts in your mind. God can't use you. He intimidates. He continues to harass and accuse you that you're nothing. That's what, in the, in the valley of the giant, that's what the giant did. He mocked God's people for 40 days until David stood up and said, What's in this for me if I take him out? And he took him out, just like that. See, and now there's a whole army has come and he's about to do the same thing again. See? So the devil will always try and intimidate you. Some of you are a bit shut down now. I can feel it. You can feel it in the worship. Shut down on the inside. It can be a matter of just physical tiredness. It can be a matter just of season and the heat. But often it's just you let go of staying passionate with God. Sometimes it's you let stuff get on top of you that shouldn't be on top of you. You don't need to be like that. The life of the Holy Ghost, is a very free, enjoyable, wonderful life. Holy Ghost life. You know, you don't want to shut it down. You know, when Jesus came into town, they all started shouting and screaming. Everyone tried to shut them down. Well, listen, that's the typical of the devil trying to shut you down. God wants you to be bright and alive and bright eyes and clean, clear heart and conscience and, and enjoying life with God. Why shouldn't you be? Be depressed? That comes from the devil. Hey, when you've got intimidation around your life, you get depressed. Get down, oh, don't do oh, 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 you know, God, you don't get like that, come on, get out of bed in the morning. Oh, thank you Jesus, a great day today. I wonder what victories I'll win today. Instead of get out of bed, well, uh, uh, coffee, uh, back to bed. <laughs> Come on, got to learn to have an attitude, see? See, the devil's strategy is to overwhelm you, to overwhelm you and intimidate you. How many, how many people, let me ask you, how many people can think of a seasonal time, or maybe it's even now, I won't ask if it's now, but where, where you felt overwhelmed? It's like life was too big for you. Huh? There you are, you're in the Valley of Giants. And it is a valley, notice. Not the high place, I'm living in the high place, but no, you know, have these valley places. The valley places are horrible. You know, you're in a valley, you, you, you know, you're in a battle. You're in a battle, and the valley is a low place. Valleys were battles were often fought. Valleys were quite dangerous places, but you know, they were in the valley. It was the valley of giants, and maybe you have a giant in your life right now, and you're in the valley. Listen, you have the opportunity for a breakthrough. God allows these things to happen to just give us room to see how he can work through. Okay, so, so let's have a look what Dave did. It said, here it is here. David heard about it. He heard the Philistines are about to come and nail him. He heard they're about to come down and kill him. So today they've anointed him and he's full of the Holy Ghost. He's got a great meeting. Everything's wonderful tomorrow. They want to kill him. And so what does he do? What does he do? And I want to show you some characteristics of a breakthrough generation. Some things that they do. Because he's definitely a man of breakthrough. You notice here, number one, verse 19. He inquired of the Lord. Number one, breakthrough people seek the face of God. Breakthrough people uh, seek the face of God. You know, if you want to have breakthroughs in your life, you've got to learn to seek God. You've got to learn to build a prayer life. Consistent prayer life. You can't just suddenly, when you're in the heat of pressure, suddenly try and get near to God. That's how a lot of people live their life. That's no way to live your life. That's a recipe for disaster. You should be building a prayer life. Day by day, rising, having time with God, worshiping God, reading the word of God. Then when the times come, with a crisis. Time come with this pressure. You get in that prayer room. You can see God get an answer from him. Otherwise, you spend the first three or four days just confessing everything you've done wrong. God wants you to live near to him. So breakthrough people, seek the face of God. Notice the second thing he said, he inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go to the Philistines? So he's seeking direction. And then he said, will you give him up to me? Because the reason he's asking that is because he just saw the army go down into the battle against the Philistines and get defeated. So he's saying, will you give me power against this devil? That's what he's asking. He's asking God to give him power. He's asking God to give him ability. See? So here's the second thing of a breakthrough generation. The first thing is they're seekers of God. They love to seek the face of God and worship, but also seek for his power. You need the power of God in your life. You need the power of God in your life. 1 Corinthians 4.20, it tells us that the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's actually got power. There's power to live, power to get over things. See, and and I look and see if your Christianity is worth anything, then it should have power in you to be able to get over problems, to get over situations, to face difficulties and to come out the other side. And you got through and you got through positively. See, so God, God empowers us. He empowers us. He empowers you to do what he called you to do and not the other things. Sometimes he got a lot of other things, so he got too many things. See, here's the next thing he did. He said, He went down there. Shall I go out to the Philistines? Will you deliver them? And the Lord said to David, Go up. No doubt I'll deliver the Philistines into your hand. Here's what they did. He sought the power of God. He got a clear word from God. See, he got a clear word from God. He got clear direction from the Lord. Clear direction from the Lord. When did you last get in alone with God and ask for clear direction about issues in your life? See, it's no use. Hey, most people, it's gonna find going to on the phone. I'll it. into texting. You know, and they're texting away. Damn today. The problem is... Listen, go and seek the face of God. Just get in and pray. Get in to read the word of God. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? Stop complaining about life and how bad it is. Just make decisions. I'm responsible for my choices and my attitudes, my words, my actions. I will find what God wants me to do. Start to do it. You know, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ concerning you. So, develop a thankful heart. You know, praise. Praise. You've ordained praise to silence the enemy. So, if you want to get an atmosphere around you that's good, learn how to praise God. Listen, the Word of God's full of directions how to actually live a life that's positive and good. You've just got to decide to do it. See, the problem with the crowd is. The crowd can be good or the crowd can be bad. It can lead you one way, lead you another. What you got to do is have something inside you. Something inside you is really from God. Here's the next thing God does. Contend to make a stand. David came out to Baal, Perizim, and he struck the enemy there. Right? So you got to actually make a stand. You have to make stands at times. There are some times when you've actually got to fight. You've got to fight and wrestle to break through. See, it's all very well to pray, hear the voice of God, seek the power of God, but there comes a point where whatever issue you've got in life, you've got to get it quite clear you have to do something. You have to get there and to face that situation. It is not going to go away by praying about it. Now, you see, David, you see, here's a dilemma with many, many Christians, and often Pentecostals get a bit this way. They just try to pray about everything. You see, prayer is wonderful and has its place. But at the end, you've actually got to do something. And so prayer and doing something go hand in hand. Doing something is the evidence you really do believe. Praying is the evidence you depend on God. But it's a partnership. We've got to do something. If you want the situation to change, what do you need to do? See, what do you need to do? What's your part in it? I always say this. The one who's near to God is the one who takes initiatives. So don't wait for someone else to come through. You'll live a victim life. He said, I'm near to God. I get to hear from God. God shows me what to do. I'm going to be the one that takes initiatives. So you're going to have to do so. So he stood up and he fought them. In other words, he went down there fully armed and he got himself bloody. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen some of these movies like Gladiator and things like that and start to have a look at what that actually was like. They went down there face to face with the enemy and fought and I guess he got cut. There'd be blood all over. It's a mess. In other words, fighting... In the Bible times, it was, really, it was a face-to-face confrontation. And, 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 and it's, it's put down for us to realize that issues in life do not go away. You have to face them. You have to have face-to-face. You have to sort things out. A relationship problem will not go away. You've got to face the person and say and do things. Your financial problems will not go away. You've got to face them and do things. You have to do things. And so he he, said breakthrough people, uh, people who fight. They've got got an attitude in them, eh? The Bible says in in Matthew chapter 11, Now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent people press in and possess it with force. In other words, it takes an assertive attitude to push past resistance, opposition to living the life God called you to live. And he was a man like that. He had that kind of spirit. Yeah, let's go get him. See, he was born for it. He was born for it. That's why I like casting out demons. I am just born for it. So were you actually? You just don't know it yet. You just were born for it. There's something in you. Just when you get there, and when you're there, and, and you're facing that demons, ah! And he's going in Jesus' name. Oh, I do this. Something good about that. That feels good to me. You know, it's the same with lots of other areas of life. When we see breakthrough, we were born for it. You're born to make a difference. You were born for it, and you'll only be happy if you do. You're never happy if you go with the crowd. You're only happy, actually, if you look back and you say, "Man, I really did something this year." You see, if you look back on this year and you didn't do a thing, you'll actually be unhappy. In, deep in your heart, you know, I really stuffed up this year. But next year will be different. Next year, I'm going to face stuff. Face it. What do you need to face? What's in the valley of giants that you've been facing? The next thing I notice here is that um, David says, he gave the Lord the glory. The Lord has broken forth upon my enemies before me like the breach of waters. Here's another thing. He gave God the glory. He, or in other words, there was no ego about him. He, was, he actually had no hidden agenda of trying to look good. He just was willing to, get, to honor God in his life, honor God when he got breakthroughs in other words he's willing to thank god thank the lord this is the lord gave me this back there now you could you could look at him and say whoa man what a great leader oh what a great fighter oh david you were so great he says that's no, the lord help me do this see he did it but actually it was the power of god working through him so he knew exactly where it came from he knew exactly where his source was and he's willing to honor god you have got to learn to thank god for things thank Think, thinking magnifies him let us magnify him with thanksgiving i want to be thankful you want a better relationship with your parents? Start to thank them for things. <laughs> Listen, start to thank them. Get a better attitude. Start to thank them, and the value goes up. It's very, very simple. Whatever we, appreciate, whatever we thank and appreciate, its value goes up. So he learned to give the honor to God. He was not trying, out on an ego trip trying to do some big thing, make himself a big name. He actually understood the source of his presence in his life was the power of God. It was God himself. Notice the next thing here. It says the devil came out again. The Philistines came out again, spread themselves in the Valley of Rephaim. They come up another time to try and intimidate him again. Bought a bigger army this time. So sometimes we're going to have more than one fight. David inquired of the Lord. Now here's the interesting thing. He did not depend on his ability. Breakthrough people don't depend on their own ability. You know, it's very good you pray and get a breakthrough one time. It's easy to try and just go on that. Oh man, I've got it. I've got it. i got, got it. I've got it. I'm the man, you know. But you can't do that. Actually, you have to continually depend on the Lord. Proverbs 3 says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart; don't lean on your understanding. In every way, be intimate with Him. Get to know Him and find out what He wants to do. In other words, depend on the Lord's ability. Don't depend on your own. Learn to lean on Him. Lean on Him. Lean on Him. He wants you to lean on Him. It's amazing what He can do. See, so he depended on the ability of God. His next thing, he didn't live in yesterday's success. He said he said god spoke to me it could it could be just well i did great last year listen even if you did a great tongue this year what about next year don't live, in, don't live in this year's success get to the end of this year thank god for all you did next year is a brand new year start start the start the board square wipe everything off and we've got a brand new start next year so what are you going to accomplish for god next year don't live off this year's successes see people who are breakthrough people are not living in yesterday they're living in tomorrow they're looking for the next breakthrough See, the next thing he did was he obtained fresh direction from the holy ghost he was quite sensitive to the holy spirit he listened for the holy ghost see he didn't just sort of rush in thinking oh, man we can do this we know what to do listen he depended on god each time each time each time didn't trust any methods He just learned to depend on God, learned to listen to the voice of God, learned to depend on the Holy Ghost. And God spoke to him and said, don't go that way, go a different way. See, so he depended on the Holy Ghost for timing and for the ability to get things done. He listened to God. Sometimes we can be a bit impulsive, we're going to run ahead, oh, I know what to do, I I know, I know, I know, yes, I know. Listen, don't get that kind of thinking, each time just ask the Lord what to do. Whenever I work in ministry to people, yeah, I know I've done a lot of it, but each time I've learned this, just ask God what to do. Each time I have a situation, yeah, I may have seen it before, but ask God, what do I do this time? Because the strategy God has this time could be quite different to last time. And God's created us to live not out of yesterday's victories, but our freshly hearing him. You can listen to God. What does He want to say for you, for your victory, to the breakthrough, for the coming year? What kinds of things? And God gave him a strategy. He'll say, when you, "Don't go up that way. Go around behind them this time, and wait till you get a movement of the Holy Ghost." He said, "He said, wait till you hear the sound of the going in the mulberry trees. Then you stir yourself up and go out." So what happened was, he waited till he felt the timing of God. Waited to be sensitive of the Holy Ghost. You could do that. You've got to learn to listen to the Holy Ghost. You've got to develop a lifestyle. See, David, here it is. He's got the whole future of a nation in his hands, and he leans totally on God to tell him how to do it and when to do it. That's something, isn't it? No wonder God said, this is a man after my heart. This is exactly the kind of man I want. That's someone I can work with because he's not after the ego. He's not after the position. He's not after the power. He gives me the honor every time. And he listens for my directions. That's the kind of man I can work with. So you're going to do that? You're going to listen for the Lord's directions? You're going to listen for his... And then the next thing, breakthrough, act boldly. When God began to move, he was up and into it. I think what happened must have been an angelic movement in the the atmosphere or whatever. Whatever happened, he acted boldly. Now, in the Bible, it tells us they prayed for boldness. When, when, when they started to preach and, and, and people got saved and, and things started to happen. Some of them got thrown into jail. They were threatened with beatings. You know what they prayed? Lord, that thing that's causing everyone to get stirred up, give us more of it. I like That's a good attitude. Everyone's threatening them. since they got for the leaders and the leaders try to threaten them. Say, so you can't preach about Jesus. You can't talk about Jesus. And the leaders were wild and so on. They said, Lord, this thing that's got them all upset, give us more of it and said lord stretch forth your hand to do miracles and give us boldness we want to be bold and it says the people all knew that they'd been with jesus they had a boldness about them well some of you need like you look like you need a bit of boldness around you look like you haven't been so much with jesus but you've been fellowshipping with some other stuff when we fellowship with bad stuff, we don't come out bold. We come out pretty guilty and pretty ashamed, and, and we don't sort of—you you look different, you know? You look different. You look—people that have been involved in sexual sin, they don't look good. They don't look good. They don't look good, especially if they've been in God. They look, they, you watch them sort of go off like that. And you can actually see it in the countenance. They lose the boldness. See, righteousness. The righteous are as bold as lamb. When you know you're right before God, there is a great boldness to speak and act and do stuff. See, so you've got to learn to act boldly. So what bold things will you do next year? Oh, I'm not a bold person. No, well, you're in the Valley of Giants. Time to break out of that intimidation, eh? Hang around. Some people are a bit bold. might rub off on you a bit. And notice here, finally, he broke out. Notice this that he did as the Lord had commanded him and he smote the Philistines. What he did was he cleaned up. He actually broke through the limitations of the previous generation. Get this? In two battles he broke through the whole limitation that had been on the nation. Two decisive battles, and he made the way for the next generation to enjoy peace and prosperity. Get this there is another generation that waits for your breakthrough. There's another generation that waits for your breakthrough. You see, I've looked and I, I, I was, I've talked to council couples and, and, uh, and council families, and, married, and, and one of the things I've noticed is patterns or problems in families tend to go from generation to generation, but all it takes is someone to stand up and break out of that pattern, and then all the next generations begin to start to get the blessing and benefit of their breakthrough. You break out financially financially, All your family that you produce after you will be benefiting from that financial breakthrough. You break out of moral sin. You break out of personal bondage. What will happen is, whoever you marry will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. The next generation will be blessed because you break through in your generation. See? And so, we've got to see this. What David did was not just about two battles. It was about he reversed a fatal invasion of the nation because men wouldn't follow God. And by his acts... He then, you see, he was destined to do this. This was what he was destined to do. He was born to turn the tide. He was born to make a change. And would you not feel in your heart that you're born to make some changes too? See, you're born for something important. You may not exactly know what it is. And David didn't know all what it was. He, said, he was anointed to be king when he was a young boy 17. Holy Ghost came on him. God said, I'm going to make you king. It wasn't until 30 that he had this breakthrough. So there was about 13 years of preparation, just like with uh, Joseph, about 13 years. Then his time came. And when his time came, all that work of preparation, now it came to fruit. This is why, young people, this is your days of preparation. See, some of you about 17 or a bit younger. We see some of the men of God were called at that age. And there was a period of preparation. You're in your days of preparation. You can make goofy mistakes, take you totally off course and ruin your destiny. They take you somewhere else. But you need to make decisions. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk in a godly destiny. And I'm going to respond to God. I won't be stubborn and obstinate and resistant. I'm going to actually respond. And there's someone waiting for that breakthrough you've got.